Honorable members, uh, welcome to this virtual meeting, uh, the department led by, by the minister. Uh, welcome to, to this committee. Yeah. We will not have too much time. I'll try and limit it in my own time because of the concentrated work that we need to do. My appeal is that uh, from the word go, it is not our own choice. Circumstances dictate that we must operate in the manner that we do. I will therefore request apologies, can I request all the members to switch off their mics? It must only be chairs one that must be open for sound purposes. Okay. And and also try and open your 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 video so that we can see when you speak though mostly. So I'm saying uh, we, we we unfortunately we have got so much limited time. I will not even take too long. Uh, we will deal with the issues. We want the department to be able also uh, to try and do justice in terms of presentation. But also we want members to get that opportunity for them to ask questions. Uh, like we did the run down in the morning, we will try and stick to that time. No member in this uh, committee is not going to ask a question, but we request members to ask questions at least for three minutes so that we can get an opportunity. One, to ask, to ask questions by all of us. But secondly, to get an opportunity for the department to respond on the question. So we don't get a situation where at the end of the meeting, the department has been unable to respond to many of the questions. We also request that from the department, as it responds to the questions, Please, uh, we can't answer one question for 10 minutes. Let's try and give the straight and precise answers. I've seen in other areas where just one question, one answer, uh, it takes 10 minutes. It means if there are 10 questions or, or six questions, that is already an hour to answer six questions. If it will, will take 10 minutes. Equally, members, let's try and squeeze as much as possible Hans would uh, explain in the morning that the reason we're saying let's forward questions to the department so that if we can squeeze within that three minutes, at least when the department presents, it will have a sense of the nature of the questions that are being asked. No, so no member is going to be cut off from answering any questions, but we'll all stick to the three minutes. By our own calculation, we are supposed to be 12, excluding the chairperson to be 12, and that three minutes makes, gives us 36 minutes. So if we were to stick to anything above the three minutes, it will mean that we will finish the meeting uh, very late. Can I go straight now to apologies? Are there any apologies that have been received? I know that uh, there is an apology for Honorable Numalo, who is joining us at half past two. Any other apology? Yes, Chair. Another apology is from Ms. Mkweba. He She cannot join us for this meeting. Thank you. Okay. Being the case as it may, Honorable Minister, uh, I've tried my level best. Can we give you to MRE to make the presentation? You will note that uh, your time goes up to uh, with all, doing all. Uh, up to quarter to ne? Yes. I will tell you when to, to come to an end, even if you have not finished. 
Let's give it to you. Unfortunately, you will bear with us. Uh, it's time constraints. The meeting at four o'clock exactly. We must be closed because then it takes another committee after us. To you, Honourable Minister, we can continue. Thank you, Chairperson, uh, Honourable Members. Um, I've got the team of the department that will deal with questions and other complex issues that we'll raise. We'll be presenting our strategic plan and our annual performance plan. Uh, we took four days to develop a strategic plan, uh, two days in December and two days in January, and we developed the plan that will be presented here. Uh, and that is a plan uh, will look very ordinary, but the reality of the matter is that we developed the plan, we concluded it. There were two major disruptive developments that came to the plan. We will bring them later, not today, responding to COVID-19 and the impact of COVID-19 on the economy, the downgrading to junk status, the recession that we're in, uh, the oil price, uh, that is a, a serious impact on the work we're doing. And of course, the impact of the, of the exchange rate. Um, all those major factors have a disruptive effect. Our, our focus is that, despite the fact that we try to develop the plan in terms of the IRP focusing on the energy, uh, being a, an economic sector, and number two, being a sector that is an enabler to attainment of natural policy imperatives such as expressing the natural development plan. And therefore, we are convinced that energy, for example, in itself is an enabler. Uh, we, we also appreciate the importance of energy security uh, to the economic performance. For example, uh, during the COVID-19, despite the fact that we closed everything, we said energy should not be closed. But what has been the issue is that ESCOM appears very efficient for now, but the reality of the matter is that the demand is very slow, very, very low. It's not a question of, it's not the improvement of efficiencies in the main, it is the decline in demand. Number two, uh, many petrol stations are running half empty. Sometimes they have pre workers working and they collect sales for the day, costing uh, less than what is paid to the workers who work there. All those issues are taken into account in the plan that we're working on now. Because we said, yes, the plan is right. I will give the DG to present the plan. But we say it is not sufficient anymore. We must respond to the disruptive in the, uh, developments that have occurred. Now, what I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask the DG to table the plan, and we'll all be here to listen to the question and answer them. But we are working on the response. We are hoping that by the end of the week, we will be through with our, with our response. And our response is going to contribute to the economic response plan following COVID-19 and therefore the downgrading. Because if we're not acting swiftly, 
the economy is going to collapse already. A number of companies reporting for liquidation, uh, others are put on rescue, uh, and that means every company that disappears, it will disappear with the number of workers who are in uh, that particular company. Uh, DJ, I'm going to ask you to present the plan. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Minister. Uh, good afternoon, uh, Honorable Chair, uh, Honorable Members of the Portfolio Committee on Mineral Resources and Energy. As the Minister has just explained that we'll be presenting or taking the plan of the Department. In terms of the presentation layout, I'm mindful of the fact that we don't have enough time. I will not go through each and every slide. Uh, it suffices to say that on slide three, we are only giving the layout of what is it that we are going to present. Our presentation is divided into four. Uh, we have A up until D. Now, moving to slide number four, which is introduction. As we are all aware that the DMRE was established on the 29th of May 2019 by the measure of the Department of Energy and the Department of Mineral Resources, uh, to equip and also to ensure that we capacitate the DMRE to respond to the strategic objectives derived from the NDP and also MTSF. Key to that in terms of our responsibility as a department is to ensure that there is a provision of secure, sustainable and affordable energy as well as the promotion and regulation of minerals and also mining. I will not deal with the aim and also the mission. Everything is self-explanatory. Now moving to slide number five, which is the mandate. Our mandate uh, derives uh, from the constitution, as you can also see from the slide, everything it is self-explanatory. We also have other pieces of legislation that govern the DMRE. Those are the pieces of legislation of slide number six that we have enlisted. Then when you move to slide number seven, these are the legislations that uh, governed the DMRE. And so I will not also go into detail. They have an impact on our work as well. Now you move to slide number nine, which is the executive summary. Here we are indicating that uh, the existence of the department is premised on its vision of becoming a leader in the transformation of South Africa's economic growth agenda through the sustainable development of the mining and energy sectors. I will move to slide number 10, where we indicate, I must also indicate, Honorable Chair, we have highlighted the key areas. And so whenever I present, I'll be zooming straight to those key areas. Now on slide number 10, we have energy, which forms an integral part of the economy. And the energy sector is also a key enabler for the attainment of national policy imperatives, such as those expressed in the National Development Plan as well as MTSF. On slide number 11, uh, energy security, promote economic growth, development, as well as social equity through expanded access to energy services that are sustainable and also that uh, contribute to the reduction of pollution and mitigation of the effects of global uh, climate change. On slide number 12, we also indicate that uh, DMRE, uh, this is something that uh, the minister has always been presenting, has translated the provisions of the RP 2019 in its response to the challenges that the energy sector faces. 
now chair and all members uh, generation capacity with uh, short lead times and also self-generation options will be enabled through systematic regulation for the medium and long-term outcomes the various irp 2019 technologies will be implemented while the updating and processing of the dmres regulatory frameworks will be accelerated as well to enable these interventions this will include the enablement of industry to invest in the energy supply mix through self-generation. The RP 2019 states that the preparations must commence for the nuclear, nuclear build program, adding uh, close to 2,500 megawatts, as this is a no regret option in the long term. On slide number 13, there we are indicating that uh, this will be done on a small uh, modular, you know, uh, will be small uh, modular reactors that will take into account the pace and also the scale that the country can afford. Furthermore, the market will be tested for robust uh, costing and also funding options as well towards nuclear generation. The development of the roadmap for 2,500 megawatts nuclear new build program will be commencing soon while an oversight monitoring plan for the Kubak Life Extension program is also being developed. Cleaner coal technologies, including carbon capture, utilization, storage, would actually improve coal's sustainability as a primary uh, energy source. We also have the development of the gas market as an alternative source of energy which will be pursued to meet limited and depleting gas supplies. The sustainability of the energy distribution industry will be improved by reviewing the regulatory framework and also to ensure that the industry structure, as well as introducing regulations to improve the national energy regulator of South Africa's uh, oversight on infrastructure maintenance. On slide number 15, we also state uh, furthermore that uh, these actions collectively will boost e employment and additional investment uh, prospects, as well as meeting the requirements for lower carbon emissions, which will contribute to economic growth. With regard to imported hydropower, uh, South Africa has entered into a treaty with the DRC, and uh, the minister has assigned one of the senior officials in the department to look into this uh, project. We must say that uh, we will be presenting to the PPC in due course in terms of the work that we'll be doing as a department in ensuring that uh, we realize this uh, project. And also on slide number 16, the mining industry continues to be a critical aspect for economic growth, job creation, and also transformation objectives of the country. As we know that uh, the mining charter is uh, trying very hard you know, to make sure that there is a transformation of the industry. And so it is through the mining charter we'll be able to achieve this very important objective. Now, we also admit that research in the mining and energy sectors, it is very critical. And as a department, we'll continue in making sure that uh, our state-owned entities that are responsible for research, we continue in ensuring that they are provided with the necessary support that they need. On slide number 17, uh, we are just highlighting that uh, beneficiation, it is also very essential 
for our economic growth and also for job creation. That is why we are saying that we would make sure that uh, through Section 15, we try to make sure that there is a beneficiation that uh, you know uh, takes place because it is through beneficiation that we'll be able to create uh, more jobs. With regards to exploration, you'll see later on, Chair, when we present on the finances, uh, we are making a very good progress because through the interventions that uh, both the ministry together with yourself, as you know, that uh, the budget for geocancel, uh, cancel for geoscience was not sufficient. And so there is an allocation that has been uh, given to I mean, cancel for geoscience. And so, as you know, that at the moment we are only accounting for less than 1% of the global you know, investment in, in, in exploration. And so we want to scale it up to 5%. Now, on slide 18, we are focusing also on the concentration of petroleum and minerals. And this would actually be necessary to encourage participants and also to conduct a legislation review to make sure that uh, there is a better you know accommodation in terms of those junior miners we know that i'll touch on the issue of artisanal miners as well it is one of the important aspects that we are looking into uh, transformation will be addressed by enforcing compliance uh, with legislation uh, moving to slide number 19 uh, it is also on beneficiation. I've already addressed this part, and I'll move to the mine health and safety. We know that uh, there is actually a process for a review of legislation, and DMRE would make sure that there is a facilitation in as far as this uh, part of the work is concerned. Now, on slide number 20, we're talking of uh, policy certainty. We know that uh, the Department of Mineral Resources and Energy has been able to achieve very two critical aspects in terms of uh, policy certainty and also regulatory certainty in the form of the mining charter that uh, was uh, promulgated and also the IRP because uh, that was uh, you know a key issue that has been you know there that uh, the minister had to deal with uh, immediately after he was uh, appointed as the minister of mineral resources and energy and so today we know in terms of the energy mix that we have to implement as a country through the IRP. Honorable Chair and also honorable members, when you look at slide 21, we are saying that uh, the DMRE would lead and facilitate uh, enabling policy and regulatory interventions wherever it is necessary or required to do so. But at the moment, we are quite optimistic that with the work that we have done, in making sure that uh, there is a certainty that has been provided in the form of uh, the mining charter and also with the RP 2019. The DMRE will promote the transformation of the mining and energy sectors and also to pursue regulatory and structural reforms as well as also to carry out policies and programs to support the achievement of its contribution to, to the MTSF uh, targets. Now, in conclusion, Chair, we have an uh, abiding commitment to serve the masses of our people with diligence as well as also to manage the resources that have been placed at our disposal in a manner that is genuine 
and also to make sure that the interests of our people are not uh, compromised, as, as this is the mandate of the executive authority of the institution, the honorable minister. Now, coming to part B of our presentation, which is on the third plan, we are APP. giving we which is APP yes, which What's is which is our APP actually. Thanks, thanks Minister, for the correction. Uh, we are having a startup uh, structure. Uh, I must actually indicate here, honorable members, that uh, uh, this is slide number 23. I'm sure I'm still doing very fine in terms of time. Uh, now, we are indicating that uh, the department is led by the minister. Now, linked to that, the minister is also having SOEs, and the minister or ministry is the shareholder in those uh, state-owned entities. And after that, we have the director general. The issue of the deputy minister, we did not put it, as you know, that uh, at the moment we are without the deputy minister, but this is actually a startup structure. Then uh, we have those directorates and chief directorates under the office of the director general. Now, there is one point that I just want to clarify under the branches. You remember that we had close to 11 branches before, and we have reduced that number to six branches. As you can see that uh, we now have uh, corporate services, and I must also indicate that the financial management has now been uh, reduced to be a chief directorate instead of being a branch on its own. And the CFO will actually uh, be accounting to the accounting officer. Then we have a branch on mining, minerals, and also energy policy development. That branch is led by Mrs. Noabe. And corporate services, we have two DDGs on corporate services. We must indicate that we'll be having one uh, DDG on corporate services. It's a matter that we are going to finalize very soon due to COVID-19 it interrupted our work because, as you know, that we are also having labor that we must go through. But uh, the, the work, I mean, on uh, reconfiguration of the department has been completed. Then, as you can see also, for the minerals and also petroleum uh, regulations, we have uh, two DDGs there. It's a matter that will be finalized as well very soon. But I must say that there is no confusion the work of the department is proceeding very well. And we also have uh, uh, programs and projects, that is uh, DG, DDG Mbele, and under nuclear we have DDG Mbambo, and we also have Mine Health and Safety, that is the Chief Inspector of Mines, uh, Mr. Msiza. And so I thought that I should provide this a brief background on the, the startup structure. And also to indicate that uh, we are still in the process of the national macro organization of government. We are completing this process. Uh, we'll be completing it very soon. Uh, within these constraints that you are operating within, we'll realize uh, those objectives that we have set for ourselves as a department. On slide number 25, we have entities that are reporting to the department. I'm not going to go through each and every entity, but it is important to just to explain that... Uh, we have four categories. We have mining and energy. We also have regulation. We have health and safety as well as research. Now we have specific entities that are responsible for those disciplines. Now moving to slide number 26, Honorable Chair, I'm happy also to 
you know, to express that we have realized that honorable members have gone through the presentation. You know, we have looked into the questions that uh, came through, and I'm not going to be going through each and every aspect. I would only touch on the strategic outcomes very briefly. But uh, as you know that uh, the cabinet took a decision for seven priorities. And now before we had economic transformation as priority number one. But after some time, uh, it was decided that uh, because of a, a lack of uh, execution in government, now we need to look specifically uh, into one of the priorities, which was priority number six, uh, a capable and ethical as well as developmental state. And so it was then agreed that we must now make this a priority, which was priority number six, to become priority number one, uh, so that we can be able to respond to all the issues relating to our work as government. Now, economic transformation is number two, as you can see there, uh, as well as job creation. Now, strategic outcome, Chair, uh, is self-explanatory, and also we have interventions, we have targets. There are questions that uh, members are having. We will deal with those uh, questions. I will not go through each and everything as I have explained. Now, as you can see, Chair, that uh, we have a strategic outcome number two, which is industrialization and also localization as well as exports that must be promoted. There is intervention and also the target that we are emphasizing to achieve as a department. Now, on slide number 27, we still have economic which is to secure uh, supply of energy. And slide number 28, we also now have a special integration as one of the priorities, as well as uh, human settlement and local uh, government. And so we have a specific strategic outcomes that we want to achieve, as well as the interventions, as we have explained. And that is also applicable on slide number 29, where we are talking of a social cohesion and safe communities as uh, one of the priorities. And we have a strategic uh, you know, outcome as well as interventions and targets. And uh, also, Chair, and all members, uh, on slide number 30, uh, where I have explained that uh, this is actually MTSF priority number one, where we want to build a capable, ethical, and developmental state with a, a clear strategic outcome as well as interventions and uh, targets. And uh, lastly, towards, uh, and I'm now towards the end of uh, this part of the work, uh, now, we have uh, economic transformation as a continuation. Uh, here we are talking about the improved and streamlined regulatory and service delivery. And so we have uh, intervention as well as targets that we have put uh, for ourselves as a department, and that is also applicable to slide number 32. Now, moving towards uh, the next portion, which is uh, C, that is also on the APP, we have uh, programs, uh, Chair, you know, as I have explained that uh, program one, uh, there we, we have the purpose. I'm not going to go through each and every slide in terms of the purpose, the function, and also the, the link to the balance, uh, balance score cut framework, as well as MTSF alignment and plant targets. It is important for the Chair and Honourable Members just to take note that in terms of our structure of the presentation, we have uh, purpose functions as well as the link to the balanced scorecard framework as well as MTSF alignment 
and also planned uh, targets for each uh, branch. And so that is actually the template for all the branches. And I will not be going through all this because uh, we have realized that you have gone through this presentation because it is straightforward and self-explanatory. With that, uh, Honorable Chair and Honorable Members, I would like to, to proceed straight to uh, finance, uh, where we'll be presenting our allocation as a department for for the year. Uh, now, we're, we are explaining, that is now slide 57, honorable members. Uh, here, we are explaining that the allocations are informed by the challenges identified in the strategic plan, as well as also considering the following interventions, realignment of the budget to the strategic plan, as well as our APP, as per budget process uh, timelines, and also reprioritization of projects within uh, all programs or branches to explore other funding uh, mechanisms. Now, on slide number 58, we are explaining there that for administration for the medium term uh, expenditure framework, we have uh, 642 that has been allocated for administration. For minerals and petroleum regulation, we have uh, 574 million. As for, in fact, the first one is also a million, 642 uh, million. And uh, also minerals and petroleum regulation is 574 million. We also have mining, minerals, and energy policy development with 993 million. We have mine health and safety inspectorate with uh, 232 million. And also under programs and projects, we have 5.7 billion. And uh, under nuclear uh, regulation and management, we have uh, 1 billion. And the total allocation for the department is uh, 9.3 billion, uh, uh, Honorable Chair. Now, when you go to the next slide, which is slide 59, here we are providing uh, honorable members with economic classification. Uh, within uh, programs. As you can see, under administration, we have compensation of employees. There is an allocation there uh, for goods and services. There is an allocation, transfers and subsidies. There is an allocation, capital assets. There is, there is also an allocation. Now, we also have the total in terms of what has been allocated as per all our branches as the total amount. And uh, lastly, you see that uh, it gives you 9.3 billion. Now, as you know that uh, the budget that we are getting, we have transfers that must go to our entities. And so we have the following allocations that uh, we have done to our state-owned entities for 2020-2021. Uh, South African Nuclear Energy Cooperation, we have uh, 939 million. We also have National Nuclear Regulator with 45 million, uh, National Radioactive Waste Disposal, Disposal Institute with 51 uh, million, South African National Energy Development Institute with 82 million rand. We also have MinTech that will be receiving 458 million. We have Council for Geoscience that uh, will be getting 393 million. Uh, South African Diamond and Precious Metals Regulator will be getting 67 million rand. 
and we have a petroleum agency South Africa that would also get 141 million rand. There's no allocation for the state diamond trader. Now we have Mine Health and Safety Council that would get uh, 4 million rand as well as the uh, Mining Qualifications Authority that will get, uh, in fact, is 400,000 for Mine Health and Safety Council. Now, Mining Qualifications Authority, it will be 2.2 billion. You know, in fact, I, I'm correct in terms of my figures. Uh, the Mine Health and Safety Council will get uh, 4 uh, million. And the total for our entities that will be, transfer, be transferred is around 2.2 billion rand. And uh, in total, Chair, we have uh, those other transfers that will be going to uh, ESCOM and other entities. And so as, you know, uh, people or organizations that will be implementing on behalf of the department. And so with your indulgence, Honorable Chair, I would like to hand over to the Honorable Minister. Thank you very much. That brings us to the end of our presentation. Uh, thank you. Mr. Chairperson, I think we can deal with the questions now. Only one point I want to emphasize, uh, the reprioritization of capacity of the state uh, being number one is because we all agreed that unless uh, we address the question of the lack of capacity to execute at the apex of the state, all the priorities will be paper priorities. So that that uh, priority is quite important for us to improve capacity of the state to execute at the apex. Uh, and that's it. And let's deal with the questions uh, so that we can clarify the issues and take away things that need to be reworked as still. Thank you very much. Over to you, Chairperson. I've saved a few minutes for you. Technology is something that is attached to me. I keep on get cut off with the network or whatever. But because I've studied, honorable members, because we've done it on time, can we take questions? Let's do it like this. Uh, if the member is not here, we'll bear with me. Honorable. Honorable Masaule, followed by uh, Honorable uh, uh, Mailem, and then uh, Honorable Mtenjane. All of you, three minutes. Honorable Mtenjane, and then uh, Honorable Malinga, uh, and then... Uh, after Honorable Malinga, is Honorable Ngumalo not here ne? for now? Uh, Honorable Zungula. And uh, if Honorable uh, is uh, Honorable Fanyan not here, and then uh, it will be asking for you who you are, where you are. It will be all the Arabs, Marans, 
and then uh, I hope uh, Honorable Sonyana is not here. Here, it's just that I can't. I don't have a picture, but I'm here. You don't have a picture. Yes, my picture disappeared. So I will offload. I'll I'll go out and then come back again. Okay, then it will be honourable Stronyane, then uh, honourable Phillips, and then last honourable Kula. Uh, well, honourable Nyonzo uh, is not here. It's all of you, honourable members. Three minutes, honourable Masaule. Uh, thank you very much, Chair. Uh, let's welcome the presentation by the Honorable Minister, as well as the DG. I hope I'm audible, Chair. Yes. Uh, the, the first question I would like to ask, um, though it's not in the uh in our the the documents that we were given would be on the financials that i can see that uh, the allocation of uh, compensation of employees is at a tune of 1.1 billion uh, <clears throat> in a department that has just amalgamated you would expect that uh, there would be a decrease, not an increase, in terms of uh, compensation of uh, employees. Now, coupled with that question would be, how did the department deal with the amalgamation of staff? Were there retrenchments? If so, um, how, does, how did that affect the employees? Uh, as well as the department. I'm sure the, the question will be captured. The second point would be also on financials. Uh, I have noticed that uh, office accommodation increased from 89.1 million to 96.3 million, which is uh, a nominal increase of uh, 7.2 million. Uh, but in, in, in real terms, that would be 3.1 million. Again, in a, in a, in a department that is amalgamating, uh, you would expect the cost of accommodation to go down. Uh, I'll be corrected if my imagination would be wrong. On slide 24, Chair, uh, just as a, a quick question that is there a reason why uh, AEMFC under um, mineral and energy is listed twice? I don't want to assume that uh, it's an error. It may not be an error. It may be that it means something. Um, the other point, Chair, would be dealing with the slide number 39 or oh, i can see you reflected in the screen on the screen now it would be okay in the one that i have it has been corrected now it makes sense now on page or slide 39 50 percent of licensing 
your time is um, up, unfortunately, Honorable Masaule. Um, uh, okay. Honorable Mailan. Thank you, Chairperson, and thank you, Minister and DG, for your presentations. Uh, I'd like to start on slide 12 of the presentation, which states that the IRP 2019 states that preparations must commence for the nuclear build program, adding 20, uh, 2,500 megawatts, as this is a no-regret option in the long term. But what the IRP actually says is that such preparations must commence at a pace and scale that the country can afford. My question is this. Given the current economic, fiscal, social, and medical uh, situation in South Africa at present, is this something that the country can afford? And, and if so, how and why? Linked to that, you talk about on slide 25, procuring 2,500 megawatts of nuclear power by 2024. That's not at a pace and scale that the country can afford. In fact, it highlights an urgency to proceed with a nuclear new build. And it's not what the IRP talks about. So my question there is, who's pushing that particular model? How do you align the department's APP presentation with the estimate of national expenditure budget vote which makes absolutely zero reference to nuclear new build. Then on slide 15, you talk about the Grand Inga hydroelectric project. Given that this project has to all intents and purposes ground to a complete halt, how does the department or does the department envisage renewing the treaty? If so, why? And what are the associated costs in the next financial year? Going back to slide 25, there is no talk about IPPs, and yet these have the capacity to add significant energy security to South Africa in the short term. Why has that not been set as a target? In prior years, we spoke about the upgrading and replacement of the SAMRAD system for mineral rights administration. I don't see anything budgeted here. So my question is, what progress has been made in, in that regard to date? And why have no budgets been set for 2020-21? On slide 50, you refer to the National Solar Water Heater Program, but no budget has been allocated for this project in 2020-21. What is the current status of that project? How is it being funded? And what is the anticipated completion date of that project? Then with regard to the various entities, what steps have been taken to ensure the financial viability of them? Specifically, will the CEF, SFF, PetroSA and NEXA be financially self-sustainable? Have the turnaround strategies been presented and approved by those entities? And if so, what is the status of implementation? My last question is what steps are being taken to replenish the SFF strategic fuel reserves in light of the current oil prices, uh, the current low oil prices? Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you. You are exactly on. Can I come in, Chair? Honourable, Honourable uh, Maling, you, yes, yes, Chair. Yes. Or oh, is it Honourable Malinga now? No, it's you. Yes. Uh, thank you very much, Chairperson, um, for the, the presentation. Well, through you, Chair. Uh, it's almost it's almost a year now since these uh, two departments were amalgamated, but we still see two DGs. Can the minister maybe explain to us why this? Because it's too long now. 
still you are seeing two two digits there. What is it for? If the purpose was to to reduce a uh, cost, that's one question. Now, when the minister started by saying they compiled this report somewhere around December, between December and January. Well, it's well understandable that maybe that was before even they were aware that there's going to be this uh, pandemic that we are facing, the world is facing. Now, what we should like to know here is that all this plan that we just go through, is it still relevant now, now that there is a pandemic? Because it is here and it's a reality. The minister is saying that they're going to Give, uh, come up with another another plan that will be talking about the 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 the, the 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 pandemic itself. Now, is it still is it is this still relevant? All this report now that we are getting is because a lot of things want to change. That's the question. And um, in fact, there are more many more questions here. Now, in the in the nuclear, this department this department seems to be spending a lot of money on Quebec by bringing in Chinese and Russians and all those things. Now we are, we are being told that uh, we want to know actually, as they say, that how many, how, how often are these oversight, because they say there's going to be many oversights uh, in as far as uh, 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 Quebec is concerned. Now we want to know as a committee now how many or how often at uh, this oversight uh, meeting will take place. You are and on when, your you are on your last meeting minute, Honourable um, Tenjan. Okay. Lastly, I want to know also here. Yeah, I've got a problem here with these other entities. There is an entity, the the Council of Geoscience and the PASA. We want to know why can't they amalgamate these two uh, uh, entities? Because we don't see. The necessity of the, this passer, passer thing, and then we, they got uh, buildings. They Thank all got build, buildings, uh, buildings in Cape Town. Now we want to know why can't all those buildings can become one building under uh, under DMRE and all these other entities just have offices there. Thank, Thank you, you Honourable Tanzania. Unfortunately, it's my time that is uh, against me, not yours. Sorry, uh, Honourable Maling. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Greetings. Members, let me just say this. I don't want to give that department answer because you may end up, uh, I want the department to take notes. They must answer. If we still have got time, we'll allow members just one minute follow up if there are questions that were not attended to. So I will try and allow everyone now at the department must record. Please continue, Honorable Maling. Thank you, Chairperson. Uh, uh, thank you, Chairperson, for the opportunity. Greetings to the Minister and the Department and the colleagues. Chairperson, I only have two questions. One, with the allocation for Mine Health and Safety Council. Given the COVID-19 pandemic, does the Department think that the 400 million will be sufficient? Because they need to check that the mining industries are, are, are are really uh, 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 doing the regulations of the social distancing because the mining um, inspectors should go to the mines to check the safety of the mine workers there. Two, 
Chairperson, the, the department initially, before they merged, because it's Department of Mineral Resources and Energy, they merged uh, the two departments. They had 11 branches. Now they have six. I want to check, Chairperson, since they have merged uh, or they have reduced the branches to six, how, how feasible is it for them? For, because moving forward, the COVID-19 is not just going to end now. Moving forward, are they going to be able to fuse everybody given the social distancing that should happen? And are there any members or laborers that have lost their employment due to the, to the downsizing of the branches? Thank you very much, Chair. Extremely, extremely on time. Uh, Honorable Zungula. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Um, I want to welcome the presentation. I've got only two or three questions. The first one is regarding the targets in place. Are there any specific targets um, of procurement from SMMEs? The DG spoke at length about making sure that the um, the department creates jobs, and we know that SMMEs are the biggest creators of jobs. Is there anything um, in, with regards to having any specific targets as to how many job, how many, how much percentage will the companies um, procure from SMMEs? The second question is regard to the partnership between um, mines as well as communities. There are many communities in our country where they are not getting the benefits of the mines in their areas. What are the plans in place to improve the partnership or the working together of the mines with the communities in the manner that will benefit the communities? Thank you. Okay, exactly, and again on time. Uh, Honorable Vulmarans. His Honorable Marans disappeared now. Okay. If he's not here, is Honorable Numalo uh, back? I'm, I'm on. Chair. Chairperson. Chairperson. Honorable Marans, are you in? Okay, it seems there is a problem. Honorable Bilangulu? Absent. Honorable Shonyana? I think he's absent. Uh, Honorable Chair. Philip? Chair. Yes? Chair. Chair. Shonyan? Yes, I'm here. Is Honorable Shonyana that? Yes, I'm here, Chairperson. Okay. Well, Chair. Okay, can I go first? Continue, Honorable Shonyana. You're two minutes. Yeah, continue. Okay, thank you, Chairperson. Well, I only just have one question, uh, Chairperson, and it is regard to the mine health and safety, right? And then I just wanted to understand from the department um, if um, the money that has been allocated to mine health and safety, 
does it also include the issue of um, COVID-19 um, so that um, we don't only just deal with safety of minds and the but we leave behind the issue of uh, COVID-19. So I want to understand um, if this money that is allocated, does it include um, us dealing with COVID-19 in the mining sector? Thank you. Okay, who else was talking there? Honorable Bilankulu Nkumalo and Fulmarans. Hello, am I there, Chair? Is that Honorable Fulmarans? Bormaran. Yes, Chair. Yes. Continue. Um, I say I'm, I'm, I'm welcoming the presentation and I also got uh, just uh, two because one of the questions have been taken. One is that um, uh, regarding the mine and health, uh, mine health and safety question has been taken. The reprioritization of the budget in as far as the programs are concerned. Um, what what challenges are we foreseeing in making sure that the programs that we initially did uh, would be coming to fruition given that the budgets might have, have might have changed the the time frames on the kuber life extension program um, do we have time frames uh, to that regard um, as part and parcel of uh, uh, the, the nuclear expansion or prolonging that development we don't have a, a time on it on slide 44, uh, we've got a number of um, um, items. Um, either that have gone to, most of them have gone to cabinet for approval. And I'm just um, uh, questioning um, the timeframes around those because uh, quite frankly, there's, there's a number of things that have got to, uh, either to, ca to cabinet and two of them to, for public participation but we are not yet at, uh, at a date where we can say they have come back and what is the implementation cost. Thanks, Chair. Okay. Is uh, again uh, Honorable Bilangulu in or Ngumal? Uh, Honorable Phillips is in. Thank you, Chair. Um, I have a number of questions. Um, and they talk to the 2025 strategic plan document that we were supplied with. The first one is on page 10, where it says that for the period of eight, 2018 to 2020, an estimated 60 mining projects were in the pipeline. Um, what I would like to know is how many um, in, of those projects, how many have resulted in jobs and how many jobs and what kind of production have they resulted in? Um, the next one is um, the continuation with revitalization um, also on page, that's on page 11, um, what projects were, uh, are they referring to for revitalization and where have they been completed and how many are still in the pipeline? Um, on page 12, position five, um, what is the timeline to get the report? And then um, the emergence of electric vehicles, it's stated, will reduce the demand for PGMs. This is patently untrue. Fuel cells need actually 10 times more PGMs than um, autolytic catalytic converters. So I'd like them to explain why they say it's going to reduce the need for PGMs. Um, on page 15, um, what I'd like to know is how many megawatts of power has the renewable energy um, in the REI PPP added to the grid since its inception in 2010? 
um, how much investment has been secured and how many jobs has it created. Um, on page 15, I'd like to know were the NWES targets for 2015 met? On page 63, the DMR, is, has, as they state there, has a growing culture of corruption. I'd like to know what has been done, how many charges have been laid, and how many people are in prison. On page 68, the IRP 2019, policy four, has the team been put it together, as stated, within a year? And then um, on the um, different votes, I'm very concerned. Yes, okay. I'm very concerned about the increase in the cost of consultants that we are spending. Thank you very much. Okay. There uh, is still Honorable Bulangulu and Numal are not in here. Honorable Kula. Honorable Kula. Yeah, yeah, now you, you, yeah, you must unmute. Okay, continue. Take your three minutes no. also. No, thank you. Very pleased, Laloman. Uh, happy lockdown to you as the chair of the portfolio committee and other members of the portfolio committee. Uh, let me join uh, all other members who have welcomed the presentation. My first question is, Chair, that on the budget allocations that have been done to various entities, has the department taken into account their financial position now and their past performance into effect? The second question is, has this budget allocations taken the COVID-19 issue into consideration? And what are the department's plan to ensure that these budget allocations are going to be implemented despite the challenges that we have of COVID-19? The DG spoke that uh, in the past they used to have 11 branches. Currently, they've downsized to six. I want to understand that is this a cost-cutting measure or a matter of being more effective? And if it is indeed a cost-cutting measure, how much is the department likely to save with this particular exercise? Uh, with regards to the executive summary, there was an issue around the mine health and safety that there will be a DMRE-led facilitation between the mines and the communities. I want to understand that in light of the current challenges posed by the rapid spread of the COVID-19 pandemic, how does DMRE plan to go about their facilitation initiative between mines and communities? Uh, another issue, Chair, is that on the, on the executive summary about uh, exploring alternative source of energy, the presentation speaks about the explorations of gas field will be increased. I want to understand that with this increased exploration of gas field, how much of this exploration will be done by Sasol? And what are the plans of DMRE to bring in new role players in the exploration of gas? The last issue, chair, which was not in the uh, presentation, I think the department is quite aware of the challenge of Taulikwa, uh, which is in Auckland. I want, uh, I want to understand that what are the plans to ensure the department to ensure that we deal with that particular challenge of Taulikwa? Because currently, we have workers who have not been paid for the month of April. While we are still on COVID-19, uh, an SMS was taken out to employees 
that uh, uh, they, they must not come back to work until the, that retrenchments have been implemented, despite the, the, the fact that they, they, were, they were still in a lockdown. So what are the plans of the department to address the challenges confronting uh, workers at Taulikwa Mines? Thanks, Chairperson. You are not audible for me yet. Chair, can you please unmute? Unmute. Sorry, yes. I forgot this thing. No, no, no. Yeah. I was saying, saying Honorable Kula, I can see sneaking something that is not necessarily part of what we do today. But it is a serious matter. We note that. Um, must get comfort on the fact that there is, we still expect the department to come and make a full briefing in terms of its response and its approach on the challenges with regards to COVID-19. But I'm not saying the department can ask, answer a question if it is asked here, but my fear is when we start to preempt that process, but it's up to the minister and his team to deal with that issue. Um, I'm trying to check before I go to the minister and his team, Honorable Numalo uh, and Honorable Bolangulu, the people that I know, they are still not in here, I assume. I'm, I'm in, Chair. Do you want to have any question on your two minutes? Yes, Chair. Yes, Chair, thank you. Okay. Uh, thank you very much, Chair, and uh, greetings to you and the Minister and Honorable Members. Well, my question may, may be, uh, also be familiar to the one of Honorable uh, Kula. However, there is a projection that through this pandemic, there might be 7 million jobs that may be lost. However, what is the projections that specifically speaking to the industry or the department on the number of jobs that could be lost? And what are the interventions that could be made by the department in order to secure or to make that number to be as minimum as possible so that uh, our people can continue to, to go back to work but in the same space, uh, contribute into the country's GDP uh, whilst not losing uh, jobs and, 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 the, and, and the industry also contributing to the GDP and the fiscals. I think some of the questions that I had already had written down, Chair, have been taken by the other colleagues that had came earlier. So I think that, is, that would be the one that I have for now. Thank you. Well done. Okay. Uh... Honorable Bulangul is not around. It seems he finally didn't make it uh, to the to this process. Uh, Honorable Minister, I'm sure you have heard, you have collected these questions. I would have only wanted to, I was not going to ask a question from a chair, but uh, with what members are raising, my fear, as I said, is that uh, there, there, there might be a, a technicality where we deal with the overall strategy and response to COVID-19. 
My only worry must say in overall in relation to that, which I would have loved the department because we expected to adopt or ask for more or whatever, is that the Minister of Finance had made a, alluded to the fact that there have been a review of the budget and what are, what could be its implications in relation to the department. But secondly, most critically, is that probably there is more demand. What are the contingency plans? Because we can adopt a department, we can call you to come and present uh, for the response and the strategy to deal with COVID-19 consequences. But at what point do we look at the cost implications that will be, for an example, is there not going to be a demand for an extra specialized personnel to manage the issue of uh, health and safety with regards to the pandemic itself? And if so, is there any allocated budget that responds? I see the actual issues, but finances, unfortunately, when you have approved them, you cannot go back and say, this is what we demand. If, if there can be clarity, what are the contingency plans financially in terms of the budget of the department to confront the high implications that will be, could be as a result of the pandemic? Uh, Honorable Minister, I give you two minutes extra because mine says 15.08. Can I, you bring it back in time? We said at 15.35. At 15, at 15, we can start. Um, thank you very much. Uh, I'm going to touch on few questions and then over to the DG uh, to call on the lineup of officials to deal with specialized questions that are in that discipline. Uh, the first issue, which is a general issue, that I want to remind the committee of is that the budget was approved in Parliament by members of parliament. So there is no change in the budget since you approved the budget. So a call on us to make adjustment on the budget before the treasury tables an adjustment in the budget to parliament is a call that is not relevant actually. It's, it's a wrong demand because budgets are allocated by treasury to departments. But at this point in time, there is no post-COVID budget that has been allocated to any department. The National Treasury will take the budget to Parliament. You will approve that budget. Once it is adjusted, we'll have to adjust our budget. We'll come back to you with an adjusted budget. So that covers all the questions that deals with the budget adjustment uh, because of COVID. So at this point in time, it's a pre-COVID budget. That is what we have in front of us. We're working on that budget. Once uh, the Minister of Finance changes that budget, we'll adjust our budget. That is one. Number two, the, uh, the, 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 the nuclear, is it a pace and a price that the country can afford? Uh, uh, Mr. Miriam, Miriam, there's one thing that you must appreciate. You know, many of the renewables are developed by the private sector 
and they are developers, the private side, because there is an appetite in the market for them. And that principle applies to nuclear as well, because if a company or a consortium want to develop nuclear uh, modular reactors, it must come and make a presentation. We can partner with that company as the state. We may even give that company a right to develop a modular nuclear station on a, a build, uh, operate, and transfer basis, which means there may be no immediate call for funding from the state, but the, the build program can continue. All we're highlighting in our plan is that we are going to explore all options. Uh, when there is appetite for nuclear in the market, we'll go ahead with it. That takes me to the Grand Inga. But uh, I'm sure Mr. Mbambo uh, will, will be able to take up details on that issue. Grand Inga. Uh, somebody said there are two digits, but his, that person says that I'm sitting here with one digit. But he says there are two digits. There's one digit. Okay. There are not two. One of the digits has been given a task specifically to develop a strategy on Inga. Inga is not dead. Inga is continuing. Spain and China are competing in that space. We took a hands-off approach on it. We are taking a hands-on approach now because we're one of the expected consumers of that energy. So DJ Zulu is leading a team that is developing that will work with him in driving that issue. So we are, it is very much alive, it's not dead. If we think that uh, it was going to be dead, ah, it's not dead, it, it, it's alive. Uh, uh, so I would imagine that the DJ and the team uh, will answer that one. But what we are doing, let me give you an explanation that what we are doing with solar geysers is that we had that 87,000 that was in storage and costing a lot of money. We are working at net break speed to take those solar geysers to the rooftops. That process is underway. It has been allocated money. It is being, we're installing them. That's why there's no budget now. They are funded from the previous budget that they had. We want to have those solar geysers on the, on the rooftops. And that project is underway. SLF and, uh, and oil reserve and the price of oil. You must remember the strategic uh, fuel uh, conflict between ourselves and those who bought it is still underway. In principle, there are agreements. I think once we finalize it, we'll bring to the committee a final report. But there is a general agreement on how to settle the quantum time fuel fund. Many of the people uh, think that there was strategic fuel that was taken away. That strategic fuel is in Saldana. It never left our shores. All we should settle is uh, what do we do? Do we pay those who purchased it and keep the fuel, or what should we do? That is what is being finalized now. And the price of oil, it's like any other commodity, it's cyclical, it happens to better sign, weight is low now. 
what we are debating about the price of oil is to procure extra oil to our store where there's space we put more crude oil into the, into that space that is what we are working on now uh, when i was last we last had a discussion with that affair we were almost having about 5 million uh, uh, barrels of crude oil additional we are trying to increase it as we get more space uh, now Mr. Mtenzana talks about two digits. I have answered that question because it is also important for MPs to just talk to us and ask us questions uh, instead of making assumptions without checking facts. Uh, is the plan deal relevant? It is us who came to the committee and said, we developed this committee because the financial year ends at a point then we developed the plan early enough for the financial year. Now, in between, there are disruptive developments. One of those is the COVID-19. Other one is the downgrade. Other one is that we're in the session. And, and, and the price of oil, all those things. So we say, we are working on a response to those disruptive factors now. So the, the, the plan is by and large relevant, but will develop responses to those issues. He made a, an allegation that was spending a lot of money on Quebec or bringing Chinese and Russians. Uh, I'm sure Mr. Mbambo will answer to that. I would like to meet those Russians and, and Chinese that are brought to, to, to Quebec, though Quebec is basically a, 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 a part of ESCOM. But what I know is that there is a service of one turbine in Quebec, and therefore to take nuclear waste, it must be flask sealed. It should be done that under the supervision of... It's an echo on your side. Yes. yes. Now, now it must that sealing. Where is the echo? Hello. Probably someone, someone next to you is opening the is opening uh, the 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 is 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 unmuted. Can no, we all mute our our? No, we are we are sitting in one. Uh, in one in one country uh, ahead. Okay. Okay. That uh, uh, preservation of nuclear waste is done under the supervision of the international agency. Those are the only people that were asking to be allowed to come in, supervise that, so that Quebec must be serviced and, and maintained. But uh, Mr. Mbambo will respond to that issue. CGS and PASA, let me give you a general answer on this one as well. We are consolidating a number of, of those entities under the uh, energy. For example, in principle, we agree that SFF, IGAS, and PetroSA should be merged into one national petrol company. We will have to work on that. We'll have to do all things because 
the, the, the state of Petro SA as it is now is the only aspect that is pulling self down. So we're merging those two. For example, if you go to Nexa, we say there's no need to for a board for MTP and a board for Pelican. There must be one board for Nexa. Those should be divisions of, ne- of Nexa. So the same applies to a discussion on, on CGS, PASA, and Sanedi. They are actually overlapping in terms of the work they're doing. So all those are on the table. We're dealing with the rationalization of entities in the department. Uh, will the budget be sufficient for health and safety? Um, I've answered that question, but uh, Sevo can add to it. But I can tell you during the, 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 the lockdown, we have been undertaking a number of unannounced visits to the mine checking compliance. We are doing that as a team. We are committed to it. Now, Zungula want to know target on procurement from SMEs. CFO will deal with that and the DG and his team. Uh, mines and community partnerships. Uh, communities are not benefiting. Uh, I, I, I wish... Uh, uh, Mr. Zungula can have a sit-down discussion with you so that we can take him through the process that we've followed and the progress that we're making in that regard. Uh, I don't know when you say commuter not benefiting, he compared the current situation to what time? See, because if you don't compare it to a previous time, you won't see the progress. For example, if you say there's no progress in terms of employment equity, and I tell you that for all the managerial levels, there is no level that is less than 50%. You won't believe it if you don't know that no black was allowed to have a blessing certificate in 1987. So when you, you make a comparison, you compare development to an anchor point. So there's a lot of work between mines and communities. Yesterday, we ending over uh, a PPEs to clinics in Rustenburg area by a mining company handing over to the Department of Health for the benefit of communities. The same amount will go to the gold mines of Sibanya Gold and a number of mines of companies are beginning to make all those, for example, a small BE company uh, in Bromo Spray donated a COVID testing station to a public hospital. Mines are doing a lot of work in the community. So when you say community are not benefiting, you will have to, 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 to be factual and not be emotional because there are two different things. To be realistic and to be emotional are two different things, not the same. No, we are not alone. What happened? 
Agapuza manzi. Probably they are still talking, but I'm sure they don't know that we can't hear. DMRE. DMRE. They must come back to a person. They can't disappear. We need them. <laughs> you went there. It seems we are, we are remaining to our, our own now. Sure, can you hear us? We're sitting in a different building from Minister Ndiji. Hello? Okay. You can, you can, I can hear you. I yeah. can't see you, but I can hear you and I can assume the voice. Speak up there. And you are only left with 10 minutes now. Can you push up the volume so we can get whether they can hear? Try and speak up there. Shem, we're trying to check whether you can pick us up. We're sitting in a different voting from DG and Minister. It's fine. If you want to speak, you can speak until your time is exhausted. <laughs> Why when we try and get hold of DG for him and Minister to reconnect, we will try and we'll get going with with the, with the questions from this side. Okay. Hello. You disappeared. Yes, sir. You disappeared. Uh, we are disconnecting. Your problem, your problem is that you are not used to technology. Don't use something that you don't know. So just say Kala later. Can you continue? Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, let me give my team space to respond to a number of questions. I will add at the end. Otherwise. I will monopolize this and it disrupts me. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Minister. We have a team of DDGs that we have assembled at uh, Matimba Building. I would like to hand over to the colleagues to respond to the questions, then we will finally deal with whatever outstanding questions. Uh, we have put them in a they expected to go through the responses in that order. Each DG is allocated a minute because we are only having 10 minutes. Over to you, DGs. Thank minute. you for leadership. One minute. DG for nuclear. I will deal with a question that relates to the, 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 the nuclear program. The question is whether the country can afford the program or not. The answer is that the nuclear new build is in the IRP. We are implementing the IRP. Uh, we will implement the program at a pace and scale that the country can afford. We're going to issue the request for information in order for the department to be able to determine the pace at which 
the, the case on the scale at which the country can afford the program. We're going to do it in that manner. Then the other question was regarding the, the timelines for Quebec. Quebec, uh, as the committee would know, uh, the IRP has uh, given a policy decision that the Quebec will be extended by the next uh, 20 years. Currently, Quebec is going through the uh, life extension project that will extend the life of the uh, power station by an additional 20 years uh, from after 2024. There is work that is in progress there. As the minister has uh, indicated, in terms of uh, the international monitoring, the International Atomic Energy Agency inspectors will be coming to conduct the safeguards, verification inspections in terms of our international obligations. Uh, as the COVID Unit 2 will be undergoing the outage for Unit 2. Uh, in terms of the the, 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 the other nationalities that were mentioned, the Chinese and the Russians, I can uh, indicate that the department uh, is not involved with uh, any of the nationalities that have been mentioned. Safe to say that Quebec, uh, 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 as the power station, when it undertakes the outage, it uh, requires to have services from a different uh, service providers, which may come from different nationalities, but those are not uh, uh, matters that the department is involved with. The department has put together a technical uh, oversight committee that is monitoring the life extension of the Quebec uh, nuclear uh, power station. Thank you. Uh, good afternoon, Chairperson, uh, honorable members, Kupula, 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 guys, I'm going to Kupula, 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 can you... Boys. Apologies, Chair. Chair. Yes. Can you please ask the DDGs to go on the camera? The IT wants to see their faces. Yes, but also Those must that are responding. Put, and must put up the voice. Thank you very much, uh, uh, Chair, Honorable Members, Honorable Minister. Uh, mine is a simple one, just to clarify on the issue of uh, strategic fuel reserves. As the minister has indicated, currently there is a space of about four to five uh, million barrels. And uh, the team is now looking at that space to see what proposals can be made in terms of uh, utilizing the space to basically bolster the reserves of the country. That's all that I wanted to clarify, Chair. Thank you.
Um, uh, good afternoon, uh, Honorable Chair, um, Honorable Members, um, Honorable Minister and DG. My name is Jacob Mbele. Um, I'm going to respond to, I think, two or three questions that were asked. I think the question on the solar water heater program, the minister has already uh, responded to that, so I'm not going to even uh, add to that one. But there was a specific uh, question that was asked around the IPPs um, with regard to uh, the amount that is connected, the investment associated with that and the number of job opportunities. Um, the, to date, uh, we've procured about 6,400 megawatts. 4,000 megawatts of that um, is operational and on the grid. The, in, to the, and the investment value associated with all that is about uh, 198 billion. And um, the jobs uh, reported or job opportunities um, that have been created as a result of the program. And this is right through from, uh, from conception to construction and to, 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 to uh, commissioning. And then there was another question around the policy position four in the uh, IRP around a team to look at just transition. Yes, there is work that's happening um, even at a level of NEDLEC around the issues uh, associated with uh, ensuring that uh, the transition to a low or a carbon emission uh, sector is uh, inclusive and is just. Thank you, Chair. Good afternoon, Chair and Honourable Members. Um, I'll take two questions, one on legislation and there was also another or three questions one on yeah, legislation and then uh, on on the project pipeline on the can you unmute the mic please <laughs> Apologies, uh, Honourable Chair and members. The question on the project pipeline, um, they, th this pipeline is indeed uh, beginning to bear fruits. I'll just give examples of the few projects that we have uh, visited and verified. The first one, which was a Greenfields project, because they both the pledges were both on greenfields and expansion projects. On greenfields, we have Pan-African Resources in Ivenda. It's a 1.7 billion rands investment. And at the time when we visited it, sometime in um, 2018, they were still building the, the plant up. But at that point, they had already employed about 800 people. And they gave us statistics that um, their maximum workforce um, was planned to be at about 1.8. And on the expansions, 
We have Shondoni, which is the 5.6 billion rands project. It was an expansion project. It's an existing mine, but they were just expanding. And then we also have a Vedanta, which is a zinc uh, mine in the Northern Cape in Hemsbeck. That's a 1 billion US dollar investment. So all these projects that I'm talking about are operational and they have employed people. There's still more in the pipeline uh, and we are still in the process of visiting and verifying uh, these investments and pledges. We are constantly following up with companies. And then the last one is an exploration project also in the Northern Cape uh, in Prisca by a company called Orion. Um, they're still exploring for copper, but um, they continue to invest as they explore and prepare to build the mine. Now, the second, there was that question I think came from Honorable Phillips. Then there was another question, I can't remember who asked it, on legislation. The targets that we have put in the, in the straight plan and the APP, we are quite confident that we will deliver, even though we have lost about two months um, on some of the work. But for example, on the upstream petroleum bill, we have been doing um, virtual consultations with the industry stakeholders. One challenge that we are picking up, because over the past three weeks, we've been doing um, consultations, but what keeps on coming up consistently is a cry for consultations with communities who don't have access to the gadgets um, for them to join us in the virtual meetings. So I had a meeting like yesterday with the team and we are devising a strategy to say when the lockdown is fully lifted, we will have to schedule visits to the communities. But we are still confident that um, we will meet our targets um, on this one. And there's also the radioactive waste management fund bill. That one is also being drafted. The team is working hard at work during this lockdown. The um, way we've looked at it, um, we feel that we will be in a position to reach cabinet by the end of the financial aid, taking into account the delays that we've experienced with the lockdown. There's also the National Electricity Regulator Amendment Bill. The team working on that as well is hard at work. The Mine Health and Safety uh, Amendment Bill is ready to go to the economic cluster. We are just waiting for cluster to start receiving CAP memos and, and, and um, for, for, for tabling to, to cabinet so we can go out and consult. So we're quite confident. Like that, this one. Yeah, yeah. They are cutting off. You, you sorry, sorry, sorry. You see, my my problem is that your time now is supposed to have exhausted. Um, but we want these answers. That's that's where I am. Can you try and wrap up in the next five minutes? And remember that you also cut us. Like, uh, uh, I'm telling you, yeah, I'm in charge. You also cut us. Continue, uh, Madam. 
Good afternoon, Chairperson, Honourable Member. There's still the CEO, isn't it? The CFO also still coming because we're dealing with money. So let's try our level best. Uh, okay, thank you. What members were asking, I will I will try and and, and say what then should be the way forward from after this. Continue, Mamu. Okay, thanks, Chairperson. I'll be answering on the question on the Samrat. Initially, the Samrat was not budgeted for. What happened is we took funds from various units to fund the, the Samrat. Actually, in April this year, we were supposed to advertise the tender for the first development, the first phase. Unfortunately, due to COVID, the whole process was, was delayed. The CFO will, will assist to come and, and, and give more details about the, the, the new budget adjustment for, for the summer going forward. Thanks. Good afternoon, Chief, Honourable Members, Minister DG and colleagues. I'm Yvonne Chetty. Uh, Chair, I've grouped some of the questions in the interest of time with some of the com content. The first question was on the compensation of employees. Given the merger, we should have seen a decrease. Chair, there has been uh, an increase in the compensation by 68 million, which is about 6% increase. This is only to cover uh, living expenses adjustment, it's inflation adjustments, that's it. You would see the full effect, financial effect, whether it's going, the budget's going to go down after the restructuring. So at this point in time, you're not going to see a decrease in that budget. There was another question on office accommodation. Yes, I can confirm it. The amount has gone up by 3 million, which is about 3.2%. This is to cater for inflation adjustments. The solar water heater budget, there was a question on that, and it's uh, 68 million, which is covered under goods and services within the program and projects branch. The SAMRAD budget, the, they are funding in the 2021 budget, but the funding has been split into various programs, some under administration, the other, some amounts are under minerals and petroleum, which is about four, six million and six million under administration, and the last amount of four million under the Rehabilitation Trust. The Rehabilitation Trust, that budget is not part of the DMRE figures that you see. There was also a question on SMMEs. The simple answer is yes, Chair. In our procurement, we do consider, uh, consider them. There was a few questions around how are we going to cover the COVID-19 expenditure? We have 9.3 billion as our budget, and that amount remains unless we have any other communication. But under goods and services, we have 565 million. This amount is to cover all operational expenditure, including the unforeseen pandemic that we are facing. Treasury has put out a guideline of how the procurement should happen, and we are following those guidelines and there is a database at National Treasury, which we are utilizing. Chair, there was also a question, if uh, the budget is cut, how are we going to manage with some of the targets? The budget, once, uh, if there is a revised budget, I should say, the targets will be realigned 
to ensure that we live within the budget that's been allocated to the department. I think we have covered everything that has been asked, unless I've left out something. I'll leave it there. Thank you, Chief. Done. Yes, Chair, thank you. No, one oh, sorry, there's one more response, Chair. One more response. Uh, Chairperson, Honorable Members, uh, Minister DG, this is Mtosi Zondi speaking, and I'll be responding to some of the questions that uh, were asked regarding health and safety. Uh, the first one that I'd like to respond to is with regard to the allocation or the transfer Humanity and Safety Council of 344,000. Uh, that figure is correct, and uh, it's just a small uh, uh, portion of the Humanity and Safety Council budget because their overall budget is about 140 million, and that 140 million uh, is raised uh, through levies. Uh, what I mean is that they actually levy the mining companies uh, for, 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 for their budget. And then uh, secondly, it's regarded with the, our budget, which is the Money and Safety Inspectorate budget. And the current allocation is 232 million for 2020-2021. And that is for the management and administration of the branch. And the mining companies are expected to budget for the management of COVID-19. They won't be getting any allocation from the department. By that I mean that they have to provide all the PPE uh, for for their for their employees, which will which will include amongst others uh, the masks and the sanitizers, and uh, the mining companies are also expected uh, to do uh, the the screening as well as uh, the the testing of of their employees, even though some of the mining companies have outsourced the the, the testing uh, of of them of their employees. And then lastly, and in closing, Chair, uh, is that uh, uh, some of the mining companies will also be able uh, to quarantine uh, uh, the employees that have tested uh, positive. Uh, thank you, Chairperson. Okay, Chairperson, can you wrap up? Can you hear me? Yes, my brother. Oh, okay. This is Mrs. Gamede, Honorable Gamede. Chairperson. Sorry. This is Mrs. Gamede, Honorable Chairperson, the Minister, Honorable Members and colleagues. Uh, my question came from Honorable Phillips about the corruption cases in the department. We've had four corruption cases. One, uh, two, two are with Labor Court currently, and one has already been reported to the police. Uh, there's another one in court currently awaiting a, a court date. Uh, it is also, it also as I say, has been reported to the, to the police. Um, there's another one in process, and uh, we have not finalized that one. So we've had about four cases in the department, and as I say, the other two are in the labor court, 
one in the other court and the uh, the other one is uh, in, in progress. Thank you, Chair. Okay. I'm sure you are done, Minister. Okay. Um, thank you very much, Chairperson. Uh, we don't want to, to, to overrun your time. Uh, thank you very much for giving us this opportunity. It is more enjoyable when we see you face to face. These gadgets make it uninteresting. Uh, today, I couldn't see Malam jumping, wanting to jump on me. He's too far. He's relaxed today. Uh, and I don't like that. I want to see him face to face. Let me just clarify two questions that are outstanding. I have to jump on the minister. <laughs> <laughs> don't start. The two of you. Okay, don't. okay, Honorable Mela. Okay, Honorable Mela. The only one raised by uh, Honorable Kola. The result of the matter is that there is no retirement in Taulikwa. It's one of the four companies that wanted to issue Section 189 to Labour. Unmute, Minister. Unmute, unmute, unmute. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Taulikwa. Come and face to face. Wednesday, Taulikwa, uh, there is no retirement happening in Taulikwa. Taulikwa was one of the four mines that came, wanted to issue Section 189. We all directed them. No Section 189 or retirement under uh, lockdown because movement of unions and representative of workers is limited. All of them withdrew that notice. And Taulikwa has withdrawn it. Uh, the problem in Taulikwa is that once unions contest one another, they do all sorts of things to be seen to be militant by workers. Uh, when they cannot pay them the salaries, they apply to UIF and workers occupied streets. It's their right, but the rest of the matter is that there is no retirement underway now. The second one is a question of uh, what, how do we allocate to entities? Uh, actually, our experience is that entities must perform and generate money themselves. Let me finish off by the question raised by Numano, Honorable Numano. Projects of 7 million jobs locked, what do we do to secure jobs? One of the first actions was to stop those Section 189. Uh, but the reality of the matter is that if a number of mines go under as a result of COVID-19 and many other factors, when a company goes under, it goes under with its jobs. The department can do little about such a company because uh, the department is not EPWP for the mining industry. Those companies that employ those workers must secure those jobs, work with them to improve continuity in the industry. And after that, uh, will ensure that minimum jobs are lost. And that is where I, I want to end. But thank you very much for calling us today. Uh, as I said, I enjoy more when we're together. Who said, who said, who said you, you, you are done? Uh, honorable members, can I, can I make this, this following? One, 
Uh, I got your concern, Honorable Mailam, and uh, I'm sure I'll try to address now, which is why. We had forwarded questions to the department uh, in advance, in anticipation of what is happening, that probably will not get sufficient time to <clears throat> deal properly with the issues. Hence, we uh, appeal that the department, as it comes, looking at the question, it seeks to, as it makes presentation, it must also seek to respond to those questions. Can I make the following? Uh, the secretariat of the committee, can they make those questions be available to all members? Secondly, can we request that the department, because we could not finish and probably could not respond in many in details in some of these questions because of the time factor, that probably the department can respond to those questions in writing for the benefit of the committee. Whether we agree with the member who asked the question or not, probably is another matter in the committee. That when we meet to discuss, so can give you, Honorable Minister, up until next week, Wednesday, to respond on the questions that members would have sent to the department. If you feel that part of those questions um, have been responded to now, you will then be able to say the response given was this one and we think it's sufficient. I've not seen the questions and how many are there. It, I think it will make more sense so that when the committee deliberates on the APP threat plan as well as the budget uh, for the department, it is well informed on the questions that would have been raised and responded to. And if there is a need to make a follow-up or seek clarity, then we can be able to give, to give that clarity. I think that's what we could do because of the time fact. The second point, uh, Honorable Minister, I think um, the question that Honorable um, Tenjana was asking, uh, I don't think it's necessarily on the city. I think it's a principal matter. In fact, for me, I would have asked a different question because when you look on the organogram, the organogram talks about one DG. I think that's the point we are saying. Whether in the integration, final integration, as you come now, there is no separate budget for energy and there is no separate budget for, for, for mineral resources. Probably the question would have been, does that mean there is one DG in the department? And if that is the case, who is that for the benefit? Because I think that's the context you are asking, that you have got one department, but it seems you still have got two teachers because there's been no information that says there is one teacher, one teacher. Like you were saying that you are reducing the number even of your units or your sections. Probably is that integration, how far does it go from the top or is it only at the level of 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 of, of the units of the of the of the the, the department? I, I thought that is the context. Uh, some of the issues, obviously, we will be able to engage with them as we deliberate as a committee. And uh, like we have said, and hopefully, when that uh, uh, review has been done by Treasury we will then be able to have a better understanding when we engage on the broader issue of a response and a strategic approach in dealing with COVID-19. We'll, we'll still have to send that, that notification. 
can we can we then allow uh, that that process properly, honourable members? Because I don't, I I had thought initially that we will get time even to have follow up questions. But can we ask the the minister and his team to try and respond today to those questions? We'll put them together. So when we do the the filing or the the the, the, the yes the filing or, or, or preparation for a deliberation on the report of the committee. Those deliberations we will also bring along that here are the answers that we're given. Uh, that is uh, what I, I want to put forward. And then uh, get the last words probably because as I've said that time is of essence. Can you help us, Minister, to your closing state remarks? Concluding remarks? I have already made my concluding remarks, but if you give me another chance, let me go again. Thank you very much for giving us this opportunity. We'll respond to your questions in writing when we receive them. Uh, the team will work on it. Uh, if you see, uh, even the teachers that are here today reflect the structure that you have received. So we're moving, but there's, there's a lockdown. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Uh, uh, we enjoy interacting with the portfolio committee all the time. Uh, being the case as it may, we, we Ayanda, Mr. Boss, and uh, Mr. Kotze. Yes, Chair. Can you help in terms of the way forward so that members can uh, can have a benefit? Uh, in terms of what's next, in terms of our program? Uh, Chair, next week we are meeting on Tuesday. We will confirm the time. We're just waiting for the 10 slots. Can you hear me, Chair? Yes. Okay. We will confirm the program latest today with the members in the department, but we are meeting on Tuesday with SEF, Council for Geoscience, and um, MinTech. Okay, continue. It's not, that's not the end. Outline. Oh, you want the whole program, Chair? Yes, yes. Okay, we can I just come back? We can't see you. We can't see you either. You can't see me? Yes. What? Don't, don't mute. We can't see you, though. You can't see me now, Chair. No. Fine, you can. Okay. Okay. This is the program for next week, Chair. But on that week, we're only meeting once next week. And then on the 26th, we've got a joint meeting with the select committee on the briefing on its response and strategies for COVID-19. And then on Wednesday, we've got um, Sanedi, Nruadi, and NNR. Can you please put back? Chair? Yes. 
Can we please circulate the program to the members after this meeting? We already mm. wrote to the department. Okay. Is that fine, Chair? I guess under the circumstances, I guess there's 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 nothing. But honourable members, we will send you the the program. But amongst the program, there are two issues that we think are going to be critical. Like you have said, you have heard, is the briefing which we will be doing it with the select committee, which is of the NCOP on uh, land reform, uh, mineral resources, energy, and environment, because it's a bigger committee. Uh, we we expect we think that the department will be giving a briefing us on that. We still have got the outstanding matter of the EMO bill that uh, we also have to tackle uh, as one of the legislations that are in front of the committee. And uh, you will get all the details there. Um, sorry with the fact that we can't have enough time, and uh, I know, and we hope there's some work that is being done to ensure that there could be time extension. Uh, so that the engagement and the discussions could be a little bit fruitful. On that note, uh, thank you very much, honorable members. Uh, see you next week.